We want to turn to Second Kings, just six verses of Scripture here, and we'll get we'll get moving. Second Kings in eight verses one through six. If you, if you want to, you can just follow on the screen with us. Then spake Elisha unto the woman whose son that he had restored to life, saying, Arise, and go thou and thine household and sojourn wheresoever thou canst sojourn. For the Lord hath called for famine, and it shall also come upon the land seven years. And the woman arose and did after the saying of the man of God, and she went with her husband and journeyed and sojourned in the land of the Philistines seven years. And it came to pass at the seven years' end that the woman returned out of the land of the Philistines. And she went forth to cry unto the king for her house and for her land, and the king talked with Gehazi, the servant of the man of God, saying, Tell me, I pray thee, all the great things that Elisha had done. It came to pass, as he was telling the king how he had restored a dead body to life, that, behold, the woman whose son he had restored to life cried to the king for her house and for her land. And Gehazi said, My lord, O king, this is the woman, and this is her son, whom Elisha restored to life. And when the king asked the woman, she told him, so the king appointed unto her a certain officer, saying, Restore all that was hers, all the fruits of the field since the day that she left the land, even until now. I want to preach for just a few minutes on this thought today. All back and then some. You're going to get it all back and then some. God's going to give it all back and then some. Maybe we forgot about that scripture that said he can do exceeding abundantly above all that I ask, all that I cry out for, all that I think, according to the power that worketh in us unto him be glory. Praise God. God's going to give it all back and then some. In Jesus' name. Let's pray for the lesson. Lord, we love you and thank you for your word and for your presence. Lord, that we feel in this house today. Lord, bless the preaching of the word now. Let it bless our hearts. Let it feed us today and strengthen us, encourage our faith. Lord, that we might trust you in all things. And we're going to praise you and give you honor and glory. In Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Now give a hand clap and a shout to the Lord before you're seated. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. You can be seated. The Lord's good to us. When I read this passage, it it brings to my mind the scripture that, that tells us, I have never seen the righteous forsaken, nor their seed begging bread. This woman went into another land. She had to leave her home and her land to go live in another land for seven years. 
for seven years not being able to be on her possess, possession, her land, the things that belonged to her. She couldn't be there, couldn't work the land, couldn't uh, see what was happening to it. She just had to stay somewhere else in a, in a place that she didn't want to be. But God never forsook her. Let me tell you, God's not going to forsake you no matter where you might find yourself at right now. God's going to take care of you. God's going to bless you. Even in a place where you don't normally belong, God's going to be there. Sometimes we go through hard places and we go into wildernesses. And like Brother Christopher was talking about on Wednesday, we go into desert places. We go places where at this point in my walk, all I am doing is what it takes to survive. There's nothing wrong with surviving. Sometimes people, well, I don't have faith because I'm just surviving. That's better than quitting. That's better than giving up. That's better than dying. That's better than walking away. Sometimes God will send you to a place and it's all you can do just to survive. It might put you in a place that you don't want to be. Places that might be strange to you, but they are necessary for your survival. She could not stay home in her land because the famine was coming. She, she loved that home. Maybe it was passed down from her father or had been in their families. Maybe they'd worked those fields for years and they were planning on giving it to their children for an inheritance. But God said, get away from where you are because if you stay here, you'll die. But this is my house. You'll die. This is my land. You'll die. I raised my kids here. You'll die. Sometimes we've got to just listen to what God is saying and get ourselves up and get out of the land so we can survive. Sometimes we're in places that seem pretty familiar and we're pretty sure because they're so familiar, it's what I need. But God knows what you need and God knows what I need. And sometimes, man, let me tell you, if he has to bring a famine to get you up out of the way, if he has to bring a storm in your life to get you to where he needs you to be, is What he is concerned about is your survival. He's got blessings aplenty. His mercy is new every morning. Even if you're journeying in a strange land, God's still taking care of you. And he'd rather see you survive to live another day. You know, we talk about Peter sometimes on that walking on the water bit. And everybody kind of, you know, well, we all do because, you know, he started sinking. He looked around, he was walking on water, sees the wind, see the waves. He starts sinking, he starts screaming and crying out to the Lord. Of course, the Lord's right there. He gets him and walks him back to the boat. We're all like, oh, Peter didn't have faith, and he began to sink, and he got afraid, and he began to sink, and, and, he, and he was crying out, and he was sinking in the water. But let me tell you something. It said Jesus grabbed him and got him back to the boat. And I've preached it uh, many times before. Look, you just get back to the boat. Don't drown silent. Don't just shut your mouth and drown and not cry out. You make sure, hey, what's important is getting back to the boat so you can pray another day, so you can try walking on water another day, so you can preach another day, so you could worship another day. You might be sinking right now. Don't close your mouth and drown. Lift your voice. Cry out to the king. Cry out in faith. Cry out to the Lord. Hey, what's important is getting back to the boat. You just need to survive so you can live to fight another day, as they say. In this story, we read that the famine was going to last seven years. The Lord said, it will be seven years. And so she went and dwelled in the land of the Philistine seven years. And it was only at the end of seven years 
that the Lord, uh, that she got up and went out of the land of the Philistines. I'm sure she was keeping that calendar. It's almost time to go back. We're going to go at seven years. The Lord said seven years. Seven years is God's number. That's at, at complete work. Don't try to exit wherever he's got you before he's ready. God wants to do a complete work in his people. If she'd have left in six years, she'd starve to death. Ain't no food in that land. Ain't nothing there for you. But she had to wait for seven years just like God said. We've got to trust God in everything that she says. See, or that he says. God sees the end from the beginning. God sees the big picture. You may see nothing but turmoil and strife and struggle, but God sees the big picture. She had no idea until the Lord told her that the famine was coming, that there was a dry spell about to hit her. But you know what she is to God? She's special. Just like you are and just like I am. God hadn't changed. God's still blessing. God's still touching. And so he sent her a word. He sent her a warning, instruction. This is how you're going to survive. We need to listen up and hear what the Spirit is saying so we can survive. We've got to survive most of all. You know, if you were somewhere, if you, you were in a plane and it, and it crashed and you knew, hey, help would be coming, you've got to survive. You'd be doing everything you can to live. Just let me survive till help gets here. Whatever you're going through right now, just survive. Because I promise you, one day, God's going to give it all back and then some. One day, God's going to give it all, all the things you lost. God's going to bring it back and then some. All that joy, all that peace, all that happiness that seemed like it exited your life, it's coming back and then some. Yeah. David said, my cup runs over. Well, I don't ask anybody to fill my cup unless it's already empty. So I picture it like this. David had an empty cup. But if I'm in a restaurant, I don't want the, the lady just pouring stuff that just goes running everywhere. They stop it right there at the brim. And when David, he said, when I held my cup up to the Lord, he gave it all, everything that I had drank already, he gave it back and then some. Yeah. Whatever you're going through, God's going to get it back to you. You just keep praying. You just keep praising. You keep being faithful. God's going to take care of it. God's going to make sure you have everything that you're supposed to have. God sees it all and he knows exactly what you need every day of your life. Now listen, if God does, how many believe he knows what you need? Well, if God knows what I need, but I don't have it yet, then I must not need it yet. What about that? If I don't have it yet, but I need it, then God knows I don't need it yet. He's got everything in his time, everything when it's supposed to happen. We jump the gun, we get impatient, and we start trying to push the blessing. But I'm telling you today that God will do it in his time. He said seven years, and he wasn't going to change it. Seven years, you're going to have to stay there. I know you don't like it. I know it's a strange place. I know it's not your home. I know you don't like the people so much, but that's where you're going to stay so you can survive until it's time for you to get it back. Just don't doubt God. He's got your best interest at heart. It seems devastating. It seems hard. It seems like forever. Seven years is a long time. Well, somebody come up and said, you got to get out of your house. We got to work on it. It's not safe. So we got to sit. How long? Seven years. Seven years. 
seven years. But at the, she didn't lose, listen, she didn't lose her house. It was still hers. She didn't lose her land. It was still hers. It just wasn't accessible at that time. It wasn't going to work for her at that time. There was something coming that she needed to, to survive, and God knew it, so God got her out so that he could save her alive. It's not going to last forever. God set a time limit on the famine, and God's got a time limit on your... Remember, we were talking about chaos and how everything looks like it's just going haywire, but it's not because God's got a season and a time and a purpose for everything that happens. Trouble does not last always. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy, it comes in the morning. While I was studying this, this morning, there's a word in here that I see so many times over and over from the very, right from the very opening uh, of it. The word is restored. It's in the first verse, one time restored. Then it's in the fifth verse, three times restored. It's past tense. He's talking about a life that was restored. The woman who had her son restored. But then when she comes to the king and he hears her story, he says, restore. Present tense. Some people think that restoration's done past. But if God did it then, he can do it now. If he restored, he could still restore. And he had, she knew what it was like to be restored. But the king was fixing to say, restore. Sorry, lady, you've, you've met the limit on restoration. You, I don't know what you're going to do. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if God ever did it before, he'll do it again. The time of your miracles are not over. Let me tell you, she enjoyed blessings at that house. She enjoyed her family at that house. She lived at that house. She stayed with her husband at that house. She, she worked those fields. It was her inheritance. She loved that place, and, and uh, she had seen all those things, and it was about to be restored. She was about to get it back. Let me tell you, I don't know what it is that maybe you feel like you've lost and it's gone for good, but God will give it back and then some. Do you believe today that God's a restorer? Do you believe today that God will take care of you? God will take care of you. In Ecclesiastes 3 and 1, again, reminding us to everything there's a season, a time to every purpose under the heaven. Some things aren't very pleasant, but they do have a purpose because all things work together for good to them that love God and are called according to His purpose. Anything good or bad, it's for a season. Just for a season. And when we read this woman's story in verse 3, it says, And it came to pass at the seven years' end. It was over. And it was time for her comeback. Your comeback's on the way. Your comeback's on the way. Your comeback's on the way. Oh, I've been starving. I've just been getting by. I've just been surviving. That's okay. Keep surviving. Because it's coming back and then some. What you lost is coming back and then some. You might not can get the time back, but you can get the stuff back. You might not be able to get all the years that slipped by. But hey, let me tell you, whatever God gave you, the Bible says that the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. But let me tell you, sometimes they go into remission. Oh, come on. 
sometimes we see them like they, like they go into hibernation. But let me tell you, if God ever used you, He'll use you again. If God ever spoke through you, He'll speak through you again. If God ever gave you a dream or gave you a vision, He'll do it again. If God wants to use you to pray a prayer of faith, and it, well, it's been a long time, He'll do it again. Maybe it's been a long time since you let that promise flow and spoke in other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. But let me tell you, God will give it back. You can do it again. All you got to do is believe. All you got to do is trust Him. That season came to an end. Mind your season for famine, for struggling, for surviving is coming to an end. And God's going to give it all back and then some. But you got a decision you got to make. You can stay where you survived or you can go where you live. When seven years was over, if you live somewhere seven years, you, you could get acclimated to where you are. Well, it ain't home, but it's nice. I sure hate to pack everything up again and move. And we have made a couple of friends and the kids, you know, they, they seem to like the schools and whatever. I want, seven years, why don't we just stay? We've been doing all right. We're getting by. But God didn't intend you to just get by forever. He didn't mean for you to just struggle, scratch, and claw forever. Because he knows there's a place where you survive and there's a place where you live. There's a place where you survive but there's also a place where you live. And surviving ain't abundance, but living's abundance. Because Jesus said, the thief come to steal, kill, and destroy, but I came that you would have life, that you would live in life more abundantly. God said, I'm going to give it all back and then some. If the enemy stole it, I'll give it back. If the enemy killed it, I'll give it back. If the enemy destroyed it, I'll give it back. I came that you might have life and life more abundantly. And so she decided, I ain't staying here. Let me tell you something. There ain't nothing outside of where I belong with God that's acceptable. I want to be where God wants me to be. She said, I'm not staying here. This ain't home. This ain't my land. These people don't even worship our God. I'm not staying here. I'm going home. Seven years is over. It's done. I'm going back to see what God's going to do. And she came and cried out to the king. Aren't you glad today that you can cry out to the king? Psalm 121 said, in my distress, maybe on her way to the king, she went by the house and it was broke down, fences laid down, just a dust bowl from the famine, nothing to just, you know, wild animals running around on it, shrubs, bushes, briars everywhere, maybe just grown up and just terrible. And, and as she went on the way to the uh, palace, she passed by that house. She said, this ain't acceptable. And she went to the king. Let me tell you, the king already knew her story. When she came crying, he already, the, the servant just said, hey, this is the woman I was telling you about. God already knows your story. God already knows what you have need of. And when this woman come crying for her house and for her land, I want my house. It's broke down. Got wild animals living in it. Roof caved in. Going to take some work. I want my house and I want my land. I want what is mine. In her distress, she cried unto the king and he heard her. But you need to know that there's somewhere you can go and be confident that God will hear you. The scripture says that we can come boldly before the throne of grace. That we can find help. 
grace for our help in time of need. You can go to Jesus and cry out. When that season's over, just cry to the king. God will give it back. That cry will produce results. This woman had great miracles already in her life. Anybody in here had God do something great in their life? Well, let me ask you this. After that, did you ever go through a dry place or a desert? Have you had a trial or test since God healed your body? Have you had a trial or test since God filled you with the Holy Ghost? Have you had a trial or test since God called you in the ministry? Have you had a trial or test, something that really broke your heart since you've done your best to serve God? Yeah, she had too. But she had a great miracle. She'd been faithful through all these things, and she looked after the man of God. You read her backstory in the Scripture. Her testimony meant something to the king. And so what, what I'm telling you is what you've done by faith, it's not in vain. Paul, I believe it was said, you've got to know that everything you've done for him, your service to the Lord, it's not in vain. This testimony is adding up to something. We are made overcomers by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. There's, there's things that we get through in this world because of the testimony that we hold, that we have trusted God and seen God work time and time again. When you've done things and been faithful to God, it's going to bless you down the road. We are overcomers. And now it's time to be restored. It's time to get it back. Now she wanted this house and land. For seven years, she was away. For seven years, she had to live outside of her home, but it still was hers. It belonged to her. I want it back. I want what I used to have back. I want my life back. Anybody feel that? You ever felt like, man, it feels like I've just been robbed? Well, that's why the thief come to steal. He's robbed my joy. He's robbed my peace. He's robbed my confidence. He's taken away all kind of things out of my life. I want back what I had. I want my hope back. I want my health back. I want my peace back. I want my walk with God back. The famine is over, and I'm not going to live like there's a famine still going on. I'm done surviving. It's time to start living. Let me tell you. Once the famine's over, why are you going to sit around and starve to death? If the famine's over, let God bless you. Hey, oh, I've been living without it so long, I don't know what to do. Just open up and receive it. Maybe, you know, it might have been strange going back, but let me tell you, she said, I'm going back. And it might be strange stepping back into your ministry, but go back. It might be strange stepping back into your walk, but go back. It might be strange trusting people again, but go back. Go back to joy. Go back to peace. Go back to love. Because God's going to give it all back and then some. I know it feels sometimes like we're just losing it all. That we were robbed. But if God sends you somewhere, listen, God's not a thief. He's not a robber. He's not going to steal things from you to take your joy. That's what the thief, the enemy came to do. The enemy wants to diminish you, but God's going to develop you and increase you, and then he's going to grow you. Hello? He, the enemy wants to diminish you. The famine wants to destroy you. But God's going to develop you, increase you, and grow you. In verse 6, it says that when uh, she went to the king, she cried to that thing. The king said, are you, are you that lady? I am. So the king appointed an officer, and he said, Restore all that was hers. That's the house and land. 
That's it. What if he'd stopped there? If he'd have stopped there, she got a lot of work to do. But then he said, and restore all the fruits of the field since the day that she left the land, even until now. The word fruit there doesn't mean, hey, give her all the corn that she missed, give her all the wheat or barley or any of that. That's the income or revenue. That's what that word means. He said, whatever she would have made in money over the last seven years, give it to her. God was laying up a blessing for her for seven years. All the income of the field since the day she left, however much money it would have been. So she didn't get just, just get back what was hers. She got back what she didn't even work for. She never sowed and she never reaped, but she got all the income just like she had been there. Seven years of income at one time, giving her enough money to fix her land, giving her enough money to fix her house, giving her enough money to stop surviving and start living. I'm telling you today, God sees where you are at and your famine is going to end. And God is going to give you everything you lost. He's going to give it back and then some. God's going to take care of you. While you were surviving, God was saving. You were just surviving and God had you a savings account just putting it in, putting it in, putting it in. Oh, don't worry. Oh, it's seven years. She's crying and praying for seven years. Oh, I hate this land. Man, I can't stand this trial. Get me out of this place. God, why did you send me here? Why did you drive me out of my land? Hey, you'll be glad in seven years. Just hang on. Let me tell you, when it comes to an end, you're going to rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. It's going to be so good, you're going to forget about. You're going to forget about. You're going to forget about seven years of famine. That's what Joseph told that Pharaoh. He said, whoo, it's coming a bad famine. It's going to be rough. He said, it's going to be so bad that you're going to, it's going to make you forget the seven years of plenty that we had beforehand. Well, this was just the opposite. You had seven rough years, but your next seven years, your next rest of your life is going to be so good, you're just going to have a story. Let me tell you what God did for me. My child died, and God raised him from the dead. I had to go dwell in another land for seven years and leave my home and my land. Couldn't raise any food. My crops, my fields went to pieces. But when I got back, the king gave me back my house, my land, and then some. What do you mean then some? He gave me seven years worth of revenue. Think about what you make in a year, even if you work part-time, whatever. You think about if you had all seven years of it at one time, you'd be like, woo. If you, yeah, think about somebody, hey, here's seven years of your income now. Wow, that's a, that's a little bit of change, ain't it? She had what she needed. She didn't have to act like she was starving anymore. She didn't act like she was just surviving anymore. She was about to start living exceedingly abundantly above all that you can ask or think. She got a word from the king, and that made all the difference. Let me tell you, we serve the king of kings and the Lord of lords. You ever notice God's done that all through Scripture? For these people that were faithful unto him, Joseph was faithful to God. But you know what? He went through a long famine, went into the pit, went into the prison, But it was the king that said, hey, they won't nobody be as powerful as you in this place except me. And he put Joseph above everybody. 
There was a pit and a prison before his promotion. He got back everything that he had lost and then some because he was able to feed his family. While he was in that pit, God was just getting things ready. Don't worry, buddy. I'm, I'm getting things ready for you. You're going you're gonna to come out of there in a moment. And when they called for him, said, make haste. It's time to go. The king's calling for you. Let me tell you, God's going to end your famine like that. He's going to end your trouble like that. And God's going to use you and God's going to bless you. And you're going to get back everything that you had lost and then some. When Joseph went into that prison, he'd lost his honor because he'd been lied on. And they believed it. This man tried to attack me and, and tried to lie with me while you was out. He tried to take advantage of me and knowing good and well it was a lie, but it got him put in the prison. But he had to be in the prison so he could interpret the dream for the butler that could end up telling Pharaoh, I know a man that interprets dreams. You don't know why you are where you are right now, but God knows. And when it's over, there's a promotion on your way. Daniel was beloved of God. But he would not give in to the king's degree, and he kept praying just like he was supposed to. And he went down in that den of lions because of the law that was made. But on the next morning, it was the king that said, Hey, Daniel, is the God you serve able to keep you? And he said, Oh, king, live forever. And it was the king that called Daniel out, and it was the king that promoted Daniel and gave him more than he ever hoped to have. Let me tell you, the king, there was another king, that, and he, he made a, a big image, and he said, listen, people are going to fall down and worship when they hear the music. But Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, no way. Ain't happening. You can throw us in the fire, do your worst, but we will not bow down. So the king threw them in the fire. But it was also the word of the king that said, hey, come out of that fire. And then it was the king that promoted them. Between their promotion, uh, there was a fire. Between Daniel's promotion, there was a den of lions. There was a little bit of trouble. There was a little bit, a little bit of mishap before they got to where they were supposed to be. But, but God had his hand on them all the time. And it was the king that promoted them. And even that, that king, he said, hey, you know what? Forget this thing I set up. I'm passing another law. You can't worship no God except the God of Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego. Listen. God's going to get the glory in all this. God's going to get the glory. At the word of the king, we get abundance. At the word of the king, we get the reward. At the word of the king, we get a blessing that, that will sustain us. We'll start, stop surviving and we'll start living. Oh, I know it's hard, honey. I know it's tough. I know it gets rough. But if you trust God like you say you do, then just hang in there. It's coming. Just hang in there. It's on the way. Oh, I, I prayed. I fasted. What, what good? Oh, don't, don't, don't say what good is it. I'm telling you, it's going to do a lot of good. Heartache, trials, tests. I know it's, it, it's awful. It stinks. Worse than stinks sometimes. But you know what? God's got a plan. Brother, we're, come to the music. I'm, I'm about to wrap up here. I won't be long today. But here's it, the thing. If you had to leave it, then you didn't need it. At least you didn't need it right then. But if you left it, then you're going to get it back. Jesus said that. He did too. Put Mark 10, 29 and 30 up for me, sis. The disciples want to know, what are we going to have? We've left everything. 
And Jesus answered and said, Verily I say unto you, There is no man that has left house or brethren or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or land for my sake and the gospel's. But he shall receive a hundredfold now in this time. He's going to get all back. I don't want 90% of my land back. I want 100% of it back. I want 90% of my stuff. I want it all. We sing that song, I want it all back. But he's going to receive a hundredfold in this time. He's going to get it back. Houses, brethren, sisters, mothers, children, lands with persecution in the world to come, eternal life. Jesus just told him, he said, you'll get it back and then some. Let me tell you, I want it back. I want back uh, the things that I've lost. I want it back, the, the, the things that I've had to, well, to, to put aside, these things that you had to lay down or whatever it is, you, that you've had to walk away just so you could survive. But now it's time to get it back. The famine's over. The trial's over. The test is over. This woman came crying to the king and he gave her what was hers and topped it off with his own blessing because our king will do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask. She wasn't expecting. She didn't say, give me the income. Give me the revenue. Just give me. I'll start from scratch if I have to. God's not going to make you start from scratch. She got seven years worth of income to repair, rebuild, replant to live and prosper. She had experienced restoration before. She was about to be restored again. Let's stand together. So maybe you feel like I've been, Pastor, I've been scratching, just surviving. Good. That means God's been saving you up a blessing. Or you feel like I'm just hanging on and I'm, I'm barely getting by. God is filling your bank account your Holy Ghost bank account, your spiritual bank account, God is filling it up. He said, try me and see. See if I won't pour you out a blessing and you won't be able to receive it. See if he won't open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing on his people today. I know what what that scripture is talking about, about our our tithing and offering and giving of, of things, giving and it shall be given back. But I'm letting you know today that when you give to God, whether it's your money, whether it's your time, if you give Him your all, if you give Him your faith, if you give Him your life, you're going to be like those disciples. Lord, what am I going to have? I've left everything behind to follow you. I'll tell you what you'll have. You ain't left nothing that you won't get back. And you continue in it and you're going to have eternal life. Honey, that's getting it all back and then some. Mm. I know we've got people in our, in our church, families, got great sicknesses in their household and it feels like it's just robbed you it's robbed us of time it's robbed us of things we could do together it's robbed us of you know joy that we had it's it's brought fear and torment a lot of tears and a lot of heartache that time's going to end and God's going to give it all back and then some trouble family trouble things happening things tore apart worlds torn in half but God's going to give it all back and then some I trust God today 
He said in the book of Ezekiel that he would, uh, make, he would build and repair and restore the desolate places. That he would take what was broken down and destroyed and would, would restore it. And then he said, make it like the Garden of Eden. So that's getting it all back and then some. Whatever you might be going through, it might be damaged, but it's repairable. God can give it back today. While he's playing this morning, I want to open the altars up, give you an opportunity to come and pray. And why don't you just come cry before the king this morning and tell him I will come back. It's not being bossy. I want back what the enemy took. I want back what I lost. I want it back, Lord. I want that joy. I want that peace. I want that strength back. I want that faith back that I had. I can move mountains, God. I'd pray for anything. I want that back. I want that zeal for you back, God. Hallelujah. I want it back, Jesus. I want it back, Jesus. I'm an overcomer by the blood of the Lamb. And by the word of my testimony, oh, He saved me. He rescued me. And He delivered me. Oh, yes, He set me free. Ever since I've been changed, I've never been the same. I lift my hands and say, thank you for your grace, overcome. I'm an overcomer by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of my testimony. But overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of my testimony. For He saved me, yes, He rescued me, and He delivered me. Oh Lord, you set me free And never since I've been changed I've never been the same I lift my hands and say Oh, thank you for your grace Overcomer I'm an overcomer By the blood of the Rescued me, testimony, he delivered me. The word of my 
ever since I've been changed. Testimony, never been the same. Testimony, live my ends and say, This is the word of my testimony. I lift my hands and say, Oh, thank you for your grace, overcome. I'm an overcomer by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of my testimony. Yes, he saved me. He rescued me and he delivered me. Oh, and he set me free. And never since I've been changed. Come on, lift your hands and just worship for a moment. God's gonna come through for you. I lift my hands and say, You're gonna get it back. God's gonna give it back. Hallelujah. 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 I'm an overcomer by the blood of the 